You are now listening to the Trebla Art Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's been a it's been a long couple of days. Spent a, a good amount of time in Lockhart, Texas. I uh, was a part of a group exhibition called the Flower Show. Thanks to my boy uh, Chad Ray, who invited me out there to be a part of that. Got back late last night. This morning, woke up to a a DM. Someone slid into my DMs this morning. Uh, wanted to treat me to to coffee and and cuddles, but uh, I told him that. <laughs> I have to work. So he came into the studio. <laughs> he said, he, now nah, he, it's a, it's a good friend of mine. Uh, Anthony Borrego. Uh, he's doing some really cool stuff here in San Antonio. And, uh, yeah, we, we check in with each other periodically cause we're both so busy doing crazy shit. And, uh, we were sitting down talking and i thought you know what dude this be a dope podcast so i want to welcome you to the podcast all right thank you glad to be here bro we met what how, how long ago 2008 i think it was 2018 but we didn't start actually doing stuff together until 2019 yeah i think so dang you were just a little baby dude yeah still am (laughs) (laughs) well you you, how old are you now 24 (laughs) (laughs) dude okay you gotta tell the people your story bro on like how we met because like after we met dude we just like started doing like a whole bunch of cool shit well to kind of sum it all up i uh i graduated college uh early so I got my associate's degree in electrical, um, applied science, and uh, kind of went into the workforce like right after high school, 2017. Uh, found myself in a job that I really didn't enjoy. Um, I was making really good money, but I wasn't happy, and I kind of figured that out. And I realized that if I were to continue down that path, I was going to stick to it. So I decided to quit uh, cold turkey, just quit and see what else was out there. Uh, From there, I just kind of thought about what I really, really wanted to do. School was something that I wanted to get into, but I wasn't financially capable of doing that. And I I didn't have the, I wasn't fortunate enough to have somebody that, was willing to go and pay my way. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, uh, what do you call that? Um, I wasn't able to get FAFSA. So I was just like, okay, I have to figure this out. I wasn't able to pay for school. I had just quit a really good job. I wanted to find a new thing. Uh, art has always been in my life. I come from a family of musicians. So a lot of my family members were into the, the Hano Explosion era. Um, some of them played with Ram, some played with the Texas Tornadoes, and uh, some have ghost-written songs that you probably listen to on the radio, but I wouldn't be able to tell you a full list because they've, they've written a lot. So my family has always been into music. It wasn't up until high school, um, Lanier, at Lanier, that I was really taking my art seriously. I learned 
to draw, like, at the age of 10. I kind of dabbled in it, but it wasn't until, I guess, my sophomore year that I was like, okay, I can make this something into more than just drawing. That's when I got to learn how to paint from uh, my teacher, um, Eduardo Romero. He was an art teacher at Lanier for like 10 years. He just uh, finished teaching at Lanier. He's moving to a different school, so congrats to that guy. <laughs> He'll appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so basically, I quit that job, and I wanted to do something in the arts. So I thought about, well, I have a little bit of ex experience with social media management. And I know a lot of artists are kind of, uh, they're notoriously lazy <laughs> and unorganized. And that's okay. That just kind of goes with the process of being an artist. Uh, but I was always on the other side of the spectrum. I was always organized and on time. So I figured, well, I think I can bring something to the table for other artists. So maybe I can run their social media. So... I hit up Albert for an easel because he was giving an easel away. And I was like, okay, well, I want an easel. I don't have one. That, like, I want to take this art stuff seriously. I didn't know where I was going to go, so I was like, let me do that. So I came by, and then he invited me to a uh, – Albert invited me to – I think it was the beginning of the opening of the Southtown Art Gallery in the back and with the convergence of your studio. Mm -hmm. I think that was the first time, and then... Yeah, so it was 2019. Yeah, 2019. Um, from there, I think like a week later, he was posting, Albert was posting something about he needed help in the studio doing various things, and I was like, well, I can help. I have this idea that I want to run by you, and from there, it just kind of kicked off. Yeah, dude, freaking... Social media help was a, a, a huge thing because before that, it was like me setting up a camera, trying to yeah do stuff and all on my own. And I'm not going to lie. like I mean, I, I, I had my experience with it, but it wasn't like I was a professional. So I was kind of going out there and putting myself out there for something that I didn't do professionally. But I knew enough of it, and I knew that regardless of uh, my expertise, I was going to put in the amount of work that I felt like Albert or whoever I was working for deserved. Like, whether or not I was running their social media or helping them do errands, like, I was going to put in the work to make myself, uh, to bring something to the table and be of, of service. So that was my ultimate goal. Yeah, man. It, you know, we went pretty hard, dude, with, you know, moving a lot of art around because it was like a month. Or, or a little bit more where it was just, you know, doing the art and then working with us. And then um, went to Cayente, Cayente Hot Glass one day. Yeah, it was a I few I never months. saw him again. It was a few <laughs> months. It was, um, the first month was kind of slow. Uh, we we're just really talking about the social media and the setup and kind of feeling each other out. Like, you know, just seeing how we work together and whatnot. Um I remember I would get here super early, and I thought, I mean, I never worked with artists before, and he, he would show up, not late, but not on time either. <laughs> I would show up early, and he was just like, dude, I'll just give you a key. So 
I ended up just coming into the studio and just like kind of picking up a little bit and just getting prepared for the day. Um, that's how the first month went. And then the second month is where we got a little bit more comfortable and we're able, like, we'll go different places together and whatnot. And then for the next couple of months, you would introduce me to uh, Matt Tomlinson, uh, Caliente Hot Glass, uh, Ruth Bushman, and Glenn Andrews. Shout out to them. I'm going to give them a pause. Because they're, they're doing, always doing great stuff. Glenn and Ruth are, are some of our, our best friends and um, amazing people. If you're uh, so a plug, unofficial plug, but uh, if you ever wanted to, to learn about uh, glass blowing, um, definitely go check out Cayente Hot Glass. They offer classes in groups or individuals. They, they have a whole bunch of different products that they can teach you how to make and you can make your own, which is really cool. So if you if you want a really cool original gift to give someone, um, you could either do a class with them give them the opportunity to do a class and you know they could make art glass art and uh beautiful glass art at that but yeah shout out shout out to shout out to them even if you don't uh intend to buy anything make the make the trip out there and go take a look at the gallery and whatnot and uh hopefully you catch glenn there and you get to talk to him he has a lot of pretty interesting ideas and he incorporates a lot of philosophy into the art itself and it's it's pretty interesting he it's very rare that you'll find somebody like glenn to incorporate such complex ideas into something that is so fragile yeah yeah glenn's awesome dude freaking love hanging out with that dude well him and ruth but yeah we go camping every now and then and uh yeah we have some great conversations over a campfire because glenn loves to build fires <laughs> And Ruth loves her trinkets. Like, if you give her the opportunity to talk about her side of the art, oh, man. She'll, yeah. just put, she'll put you in a really good mood. Yep. Glenn will put you in a mood that makes you contemplate life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude, I remember introducing you to them. And I, I knew immediately that you were going to hit it off with Glenn. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm going to miss Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Oh, I was man. trying to I was trying to balance out working with you and Caliente, but I don't remember exactly what was going on. You were just really busy. Oh, I know what happened. When we got back from New York, mm -hmm. you had while we were in New York, you got the email saying that you got into Luminaria. Yeah. And uh, you were really busy in the studio, and there wasn't really much need for me to be here, other than um, what is it? Um, Art collecting mixer. You yeah, were yeah, just, yeah. You were just True. starting that out. Um, but Caliente needed a lot of help with their stuff and whatnot. Ended up becoming a, a permanent installation yeah. <laughs> to Caliente <laughs> after like two months. Um, at first, I kind of felt like uh, like they wanted me to be there like for help, but they didn't want me there that long. Yeah. <laughs> Ruth, uh, Ruth told me she was like, you know... Um, you kind of said it once, and you didn't. You didn't ever leave. You just kept coming by. <laughs> I would just show up super early, and we'd just get, get, like get stuff done and whatnot. Man, dude, remember when we put that uh, the the proposal together for Luminaria? It was like super last minute, like within like two hours of the I deadline was, closing. I was low key stressed out because I was just like, because at the time you were telling me you're asking me to. Uh, 
submit like applications to shows and find different stuff that we can you know get your art into yeah, and then you're like oh by the way we need to do luminaria like we have it like a week which is like what but then we forgot to do luminaria until like the day the of the before. deadline yeah no, it was the day of the deadline was it the day because like i remember just working like really hard on trying to like get it in yeah. before a specific hour and then just being super surprised that it got in, in New it York. just proves my point <laughs> artists are not on time for sure dude <laughs> submitting for stuff can be like as as simple as like oh you know applying for all these different things mm-hmm. but yeah for an artist it's like uh, applying for certain different things and taking away or stepping away from the creating process and having to write and like I don't mind writing and all that stuff but it's just like sometimes it gets overwhelming yeah because then again, it's not a for sure thing. It's right. just like a maybe. If they like you enough, they'll they'll say, "Hey, that that project is a good idea." But yeah, just getting past the the rejection. You know, I think um, I think there's a lot of resources out there that people aren't taking advantage of. I understand that part of being an artist, but at, at the same time, it's like there's other people out there that that are professionals at whatever you need. So, like, if you need an artist bio, don't trip. Why are you going to write it yourself? Go on Fiverr. Go on... Uh, or reach to anywhere. your local community. Yeah, or... Or Fiverr. <laughs> or look up Fiverr in your local community. Like, Oh, true. I didn't know you could do that. You know, um, you can see who's available to go and write whatever you need to write. Um, you know, you don't have to do everything by yourself. There's a lot of people out there that are willing to help. And there's some people out there that don't even know that they need their help, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly why I'm starting uh, Arcs Collective. So basically what we are is we're a template for artists that are just starting out. Um, you pay a service fee, uh, a yearly fee, and we cover a artist bio, a uh, some... Believe it or not, you actually need um, artist headshots sometimes for like uh, media when they when they go and like promote the shows or whatever you know whatever they want to use those pictures for. Mm-hmm. So we provide artist bio, artist headshots, and uh, consulting with various artists. Um, we also are trying to put together yearly shows like group exhibitions. Mm-hmm. But in that process, we're going to look at the, I guess, how strong the work of the artist that is, you know, that is paying for the service. And we can try to figure out how to get them their first solo show. So we're going to get together with a bunch of different galleries that are able to open up their slot for one month out of the year and try to create, build momentum for any artist that wants to get out there but is too scared to actually go out there and ask you know like it's daunting Mm -hmm. you have enough to worry about whether or not people will like your work well where arcs comes into play is we take away those little tiny details and kind of ease your mind while also guiding you into the right direction maybe you have an idea but it's not as refined so then we get together with people that know how to refine those ideas and we can kind of round it out and make it look, make you seem like the person you want to be. Maybe you're not. 
but you know you you'll get there and you'll yeah. learn and that's the whole process you're paying for that process so how'd you come up with that uh i was in that position too i figured out i was like man i have to apply for shows i have i don't have an artist bio i don't have artist headshots like what do i do you know i didn't know i needed all that stuff um I did a, a small show with, um, I can't remember the name of the gallery. I think it was a Level Up gallery. It was like a, like an anime store, mm-hmm. but they required like an artist headshot, an artist bio. I didn't know that you needed all that stuff. I thought you just you know apply and you have your work ready to hang and that's about it. And even at that, I, a lot of people don't even realize that you have to have your work ready to hang. I, o- I only learned that because of you. I was like, okay, cool. Like, I have my... Regular hang work. I'm yeah, I got a nail. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. I have a wire in the back of my painting. It's framed. But I, at that point, I was just like, oh, man, I'm coming off as a, as an amateur, you know, like bad. So it kind of like threw me off for a second. And I started thinking of ways. I was like, okay, let me think about how I can help myself get into that position. I was like, well, shit, I have, a, I have a lot of friends, man, like, friends in school, friends that are already doing it, like, professionally. All you have to do is ask. Closed mouths don't get fed. So, uh, my friend Nick, he's a photographer. He goes under the universe photography. I just hit him up about um, doing some artist headshots, and he wasn't too familiar, but I was willing to kind of, like, learn with him. Because I was still trying to figure it out myself, too. So we did a few artist headshots. Um, I hit up my friend Mel. She does a, a podcast called The Creative Connection. Mm-hmm. Um, she's uh, did my first artist bio. Uh, and then I have uh, my good friend uh, Bruno. He goes by uh, Rusnor Art. Um, he's kind of a, like a consultant. He's a really big sound guy. I used to be in a band with him back in high school. Nice. Um, so I'm just kind of, it's a community, it's a artist community, but we're not just bringing in painters and people that draw and whatnot. We're bringing in people that artists need, writers, uh, photographers. Um, we're trying to bring in people that know how to deal with contracts like lawyers, uh, accountants. We want to have a huge list of references, uh, to go and share to beginning artists so that way you don't ever have to go and look for all these things. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I want to provide a lot of resources that it's like, okay, well, there's this company that will help you do this or do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, me and Caroline were just talking about that recently about the idea of artists reaching out to show in galleries. Mm-hmm. And then when they're asked, you know, hey, you know, just submit an email with your artist statement, CV, high-res images of your work, along with details. Yeah. A lot of that could be um, overwhelming for a lot of artists, especially those just starting to start off in their careers. But it's also vital, you know, moving forward to know how to do that and, and provide that for yourself because it's just a level of professionalism. And as a gallery curator and director it's you find a lot of a lot of people that are very um unprofessional and and it just makes it harder for the the people running the galleries and 
um, yeah, on, on the other part, you just want to be easy to work with. Um, yeah. And providing all the information needed and being on time. and Yeah, that that's very important. I figured, um, so we're going to have like a, I guess like a session where we kind of meet up with the artists and see how they talk about their art. And that's going to decide whether or not we're going to proceed and try to find a gallery to have their first solo exhibition. Because there, there's certain people that are like, okay, like you're an awesome painter, awesome artist, but you don't have everything else refined. Mm. You're not the easy person to work with because you don't have all these details. But sometimes it just takes that little bit of help, you know, that one paragraph of the artist bio, that um, taking all the information, asking the right questions for the artist of the artist and applying it to a CV or resume. Yeah. Um, even pointing them in the right direction on how to set up their website, you know, a basic website. Yeah, and that's grown to be just even more important now more than ever because that's like one of the first things before. It's like, oh, let me see your portfolio. Yeah. You know, I think back then artists used to just walk around with a folder of pictures of all their work and yeah. now it's just like, oh, let me see your website. It's still uh, still relevant because it's, the thing is, uh, what separates unsuccessful artists and successful artists is humility. Do you have the humility to carry your art around and show people? Do you have the humility to talk to people that are what you perceive as higher in the art world than you and still show your work? Um, you have to have the humility to ask for help. And you have to have the humility to help as well. Mm-hmm. You can't just expect everyone to love your art. Some some people have to find a way to love it. Yeah. Not everybody's going to look at it and be like, yeah, that that's it right there. Some people will fall in love with your art because they know who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. That's another conversation that <laughs> Caroline yeah. and I, I you know, had. And it's, <clears throat> you know, people view art differently. People take in art differently. But, yeah, like you're, you're spot on. It's having the humility to just put it out there, put yourself out there, make yourself vulnerable, but also just be able to analyze the reception of those interactions. Because a lot of people take everything to heart, unfortunately. Everything, every single thing to heart. And uh, it's one thing that I've uh, read somewhere where it's, you know, take criticism extremely lightly negative criticism extremely lightly and take praise to heart and let that kind of push you into you know whatever you're doing i think um any criticism you should take as a good thing because if you're not getting any criticism for your art you're probably not doing anything just you know it's true i mean you want people to react to it that's a reaction it's a reaction to your work, whether or not it's negative or positive. But how you, I guess how you, um, your actions towards that opinion is really what defines you as an artist. So speak, speaking of, of, you know, criticism on work, you recently had your first, you know, it was a dual It was a dual e- exhibition. exhibition right? But the, it was like one of your first times, you know, doing all that yeah, yourself. So how, how'd that go? Um, so it was kind of on a, 
not a dare, but basically I was telling one of my good friends, uh, well, Bruno, Bruce No Art, um, how easy it was to kind of set up a show. But I had never actually done it myself. But it's because of this whole, that whole year I was like planning and researching and I found out how easy it was. It was just, you know, you ask or you have your, you have everything ready, you know, your artist bio, your CV, your website. It's really not that difficult. Just getting it together is, the first step is always the hardest part. And uh, so I told him, I was like, okay, well, let's treat these next three months like we have a show and we have to paint for it. Mind this, we didn't have an idea for it. We didn't have a gallery. We didn't have any place to show it. We just kind of said, okay, let's do it. We're speaking it into existence. We're applying ourselves to an idea that didn't exist yet. So I found myself changing as an artist. When I was younger, I was painting a little bit more angry. Um, but it's just because of the environment that I was in. And now I kind of look at art totally different than I did even just two years ago. So the type of art that I wanted to do for this duo was kind of like a funeral for those ideas. I wanted them to be put out into the world because they're a part of me. But I, don't, I didn't want them to be the definition of what I am as an artist. So basically my idea for the show was to kind of criticize myself, criticize the viewer, and criticize past artists. So the body of work is looks very familiar. You're never going to find anything in my work, at least in the show, that doesn't represent another artist. You'll see elements of Shepard Fairey, Andy Warhol. You'll find um, some concepts of Alex Gray. Uh, you'll find a little bit of Banksy in there. And this is all on purpose. I'm taking these ideas and mashing them together. And then I'm taking political ideas and mashing them in those ideas. And basically what I'm doing is I'm making the viewer question consumerism and their environment. Like you, uh, like whatever you stand for, there's a counterpart. And to that counterpart, they support some businesses that are supporting the idea that you're going after or like that you stand for. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, for instance, uh, Nike has no business um, promoting Black Lives Matter. They're still a business at the end of the day. You don't really see that money coming through. You know, mm -hmm. I believe the idea is really important of Black Lives Matter or any organization, really. But it's when the organization of it, like the business side of it, it becomes shady. And that's basically what I want you to kind of question. Like, OK, I support this idea, whatever it may be. But then the clothes that you're wearing and the products that you're buying those businesses say, oh, okay, like I support your idea too, but in order to make their product, they're buying from businesses that support the opposite idea. So it's just a snake eating itself constantly. And you don't realize this, but you're living in a society where it's just making you fight each other. And you're going in a circle for nothing. Did you have anybody um, give you any crazy responses from the show? or No, uh, I think I explained it fairly well 
Um, a lot of people responded pretty good to it. Um, it definitely made people think. I think, um, it, like I said, like this is not what I want to represent as an artist, but it was just an idea to kind of kill off. I know it's a bummer. You don't really want to think about that stuff when you're looking at art, I guess. Usually when you look at art, you most people want to feel happy mm -hmm. and not criticized. That's the other part to the show, though. I was criticizing myself. Those were my ideas when I was younger. I was constantly thinking, thinking of that stuff, and it put me in a bad spot. And I constantly, like, shit on other artists. I was very pessimistic. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put the most known artists in these pieces to show that it's like, you can copy as long as you want, but you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. All these ideas and all of the, all of the elements in the paintings, nothing new about the paintings. It's probably not a good uh, pitch to sell the paintings, but it's, uh, like I said, it's a funeral of ideas. It was just a, a quest to make art and see if I can get into a gallery and see if I can make things happen, and I did. With old ideas, I can't even imagine with my new ideas what, where it's going to go. Damn, dude. Yeah, and you're right, making it happen, because you saw firsthand the whole New York experience was yeah kind of all on the whim. Yeah, it was. And that was kind of, that was crazy, dude. That was a cool trip. Think about that a lot, like on how nothing's impossible. It's, <laughs> it's really not. And it all goes back to closed mouths don't get fed. Damn, that was such a fun trip. And yeah. uh, you met, who did you meet The at your from your favorite band? Oh, Gojira. I had met him before, uh, Mario Duplinter. I went to uh, their studio in, uh, in Brooklyn, I think it was Brooklyn. Yeah, had to have been Brooklyn. But uh, I saw him. We, you saw the commissioner of the NBA. I forgot his name. Yeah, his security guard was gonna like knock me out. <laughs> <laughs> we saw Oscar Isaac's. Uh, no one see. No one believed. No one believed me that I knew. Well, I, I didn't knew. I didn't know exactly who he was till I saw him walking across the street. But, like, being able to go up to him and talk to him for, like, like it had to be, like, at least, like, eight, ten minutes yeah, while well, they were talking. If you don't know who Oscar Isaacs is, he's usually, he doesn't have a beard usually, but this guy had a beard at the time. And I was like, what the fuck are you staring at, Albert? He was looking across the street, watching this bearded guy eat a burrito. He's like, he's like, that's, uh, that's that guy from that one movie. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> We were, like, there was a, a pizza place across the street. It was, like, a cauliflower, cauliflower pizza. Cauliflower pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was, like, trying to get pizza from there, and Albert just kept looking at this dude. He was, like, no, let's wait until he finishes or whatever. And he ended up finishing, and we got to talk to him, got a picture and stuff. He was a cool dude. Yeah, he was really nice. Him and his trainer. He was with his trainer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that dude was super cool. It was such a fun time, dude, in New York, and... It's just, I think about that all the time. I say it again. It's like, nothing can't be done. Because you yeah. think about like a solo pop-up exhibition in New York City and all places in the whole country, you'd think that would be like the most difficult mm -hmm. place, especially the location of where it was at. But yeah, from, yeah, you you, yeah. you saw it firsthand. So yeah, you're, you are spot on with being able to make anything happen.
in whatever amount of time because it's just like you said, closed mouth, closed mouth, don't get fed. And yeah, man. I'm, so what, what's next on your, on your, well, on, uh, your, on your list? I want to, uh, I'm going deeper into my roots, uh, as a Mexican American. Um, I'm trying to, well, actually in the, in the work of this current show, you could see how the work, um, goes from a very amateur-like painting down to the collab piece. I did a collab piece with uh, Bruce Knorr, mm. and uh, I used elements of the Zorn palette in that, in that piece. And it's kind of a, a story of how I went from using basic values to create celebrity portraits uh, up to original artwork using the Zorn palette. Um, so it's basically a transition into being a professional artist, quote unquote, you know, mm. um, so what's next is I'm proposing or I'm, I'm getting this idea together and I've been working at Amazon for the past two years and I've noticed a lot of Mexican American elements, even in Amazon. And it's interesting how we've, we're able as a culture to do that to such a big company, worldwide company, you know, you go to uh, Amazon and we have a taco truck outside. You go into the break room and we have empanadas. You go into um, the work area and we have um, papel picado hanging from the safety rails. You know, we have a lot of elements that are in there and that our work ethic for one you know, we go in there every day to work and work hard. And even though the work isn't hard, you know, we, but we, we but we try, you know. And mm -hmm. I see those things and at Amazon and um, I'm kind of inspired. So now I'm going to, I'm creating these pieces. I started drawing in my, uh, in the break room and I titled them um, Scenes from the Break Room. And basically I'm drawing my friends doing whatever they're they're doing at the time and uh, Amazon w wanted us to send drawings to them so that they can put up in the front so I sent these uh, three pieces of my friends um, and I also added a piece called peak season peak season is a time in Amazon during the I guess like the peak of the holidays mm -hmm. so it lasts from October to December and it's the most hectic time at Amazon so I did this piece, it's, uh, it's an Amazon truck on fire, and it's called Peak Season because of how much of a shit show it is. It's a visual representation of what the work life is like during that time. Yeah. And it was just, you know, it's just supposed to be satirical and funny, you know, and uh, I put, I sent it to HR, and they're like, yeah, we're putting this up for sure. That's funny. <laughs> so it's up in the Amazon, and that basically gave me the idea. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to start making pieces based on the work life mexican american work life in uh, a new setting because whenever you think of mexican american workers you think of what do you think of like cotton fields and shit right like something like on the side of the road like, yeah just of, hard labor like, super hard, hard labor yeah but a lot of that has changed for the, for the better really um but the work ethic hasn't so that's what i'm trying to highlight with this next series um I'm going to do a lot of uh, traditional artist drawings 
and uh, a lot of paintings using the Zorn palette. I'm really going to push the my skill set um, to these next paintings, and I'm hoping to find a place to uh, present these works. Um, I'm trying to get, get a proposal together for Amazon to buy the pieces. Nice. Yeah. That's tight, dude. Good fucking Jeff, Be Jeff Bezos out. Get Daddy Bezos. <laughs> get him into his collection, dude. That's tight, dude. That's a good idea. Because you never know. Shit. Yeah. Jeff Bezos might pull up in his helicopter boat. He yeah. will. That or Cheech Marine. I was close. I was close this past month. <laughs> I'm excited because I'm going to go visit. The um, Cheech? Yeah, in July. Dope. I'm really excited. Yeah. So we're going to take this like really long road trip. Go to Marfa, Santa Fe. LA and go to Riverside go do all these like cool things but um really excited about that um super excited for you dude because like yeah like when we first met you had an idea of what you wanted to do you're just still obviously like then you're trying to figure out exactly how it all worked yeah and um yeah just networking and asking questions and one thing leads to another, and yeah, you're on a good path, dude. Yeah. Um, the first two years of knowing you was figuring it out. Now it's applying it, and it's snowballing pretty fast. Um, it's interesting once you start applying what you know and stop uh, fearing what's to come. Because the worst thing that anyone can tell you is no. Yeah. That's the worst thing. But... Once you get a few no's on your badge, it starts becoming easy. Yep. That's why I have fear, regret, not failure tattooed on my arm. Cause... I have no regrets. <laughs> I knew a guy that had no regrets tattooed on his arm. His name is uh, Stu Han. <laughs> He's a bass player from California. And uh, I was helping set up the stage for him one night. And... I had read on his arm. I was like, no regrets. And he's like, yup. I was like, okay. He was like, yeah, I spelt it wrong on purpose. No regrets. I was like, okay, cool, man. He does this awesome um, bass version of Going to California by Led Zeppelin. Oh, I saw it that night. Yeah. Yeah, if anyone doesn't know, Anthony's like a really great musician. And uh, he knows a lot. A lot about music, and uh, yeah, he said uh, when you meet him in person, probably talk your ear off about music if you if you're up for it. Yeah, yeah, I could talk about music way more than I can talk about art, because with art, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I like it. So you haven't thought <laughs> about like, because I, I I know you, you, you know, you're doing these things with the Mexican culture and the work ethic. Haven't really seen you do too much stuff associated with music yeah art and music like art well it's oversaturated dude i mean do we really need another jim morrison painting well it, it, it's yeah. not not like that in the sense of like icon icons yeah but like i don't know i think that's something that i well, think you I, could definitely explore and i think you could find something I, dope i'll say this i um i did have my first idea for an exhibition was to do, um, well, the Tejano explosion era and kind of dig deeper into what that was like. 
the thing is, a lot of those musicians from that time, they're a little bit older and they really don't want to talk to you about it too much unless it has to do with money. I'm not going to say who, but I've contacted a few people and it's just like, it's a no, but it, that community is so small that one no is like a lot. <laughs> no, I, I got to connect you with, or you know Jose. Yeah, I know Jose. Jose. So yeah. like, I, I got to connect you with the people he knows yeah. that can definitely help open those doors because, um, yeah, I just think it's just asking the yeah, the right it's asking people. the right people. I'm I'm not gonna say that I went out there and asked everyone because that's not what happened. It was just an idea, and I was just like, okay, well, I don't think this is something that I'm gonna be able to do at the moment because I need a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. But maybe for the next exhibition. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see the one you're you're putting together. But I really think. Yeah. You could come up with a, a oh, really good concept. Dude, I have drawings. I have a whole notebook full of paintings that I'm going to do for that Tejano show. I'm doing it. I just don't know when. All right. <laughs> I'm going to spitball an idea. You uh, put on some music. You blindfold yourself. And you set set up the Zorn palette of colors around you. And you paint blindly listening to music. Oh, my God. Or, or you pour. You just pour the, the, the paint, the, the Zorn palette, while listening to music. It's just going to look like flesh tones, dude. Just a bunch of flesh on a canvas. <laughs> Ain't gonna look like much. Unless we put googly eyes on it. See, now you're onto something. Oh, <laughs> you're man. On, you're, Don't steal you're that onto idea. Something. <laughs> <laughs> Don't steal that idea. Oh, shit. All right, man. Well, uh, wh where where can people find information? How, how can people learn more about you? Well, um, Arcs Collective, uh, we're working on that at the moment. We have a Instagram it's uh, A-R-X-S Collective, C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E. -E. Yeah. <laughs> I had to think about that for a second. Um, uh, but if you want to find my art and everything that I'm doing, you can follow me at Anthony Borrego Art at, on, uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I have everything in my links page, so you'll be able to... Go to whatever you need to go to on there. Nice. So, uh, everybody, this is Albert Gonzalez. I want to say thank you all for tuning in. Anthony, it was great having you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, everybody, you can follow me at Trebla, T-R-E-B-L-A underscore art on Instagram. Or you can visit Albert Gonzalez Art. Com. Gonzalez with an S at the end, not a Z. So albertgonzalezart.com. Thank you all for listening and peace out.